Morning, everyone. Morning. Let's pray before we start. Lord, we just thank you for today. Thank you for this morning. Thank you for my brothers and sisters here. Lord, we just pray that you open our hearts and open our eyes to see the truth that you have been buried into the Bible, your word. And Lord, we just come together and just get to know you. And Lord, uh, help us as we are going through this week. Lord, may we just surrender all our busyness into your hand and handle, deal with everything with a really restful heart. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Oh, morning. Morning. Hello. We are sharing from Numbers 21. Yes, the dry well. That's sweet. They traveled from Mount Hor along the road to the Red Sea to go around Edom. But the people grew impatient on the way. They spoke against God and against Moses and said, Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? There is no bread, there is no water, and we detest this miserable food. Then the Lord sent venomous mistakes among them. They beat the people and many Israelites died. The people came to Moses and said, we sinned when we spoke against the Lord and against you. Next. Yes. Oh, I can go to the next. From there, they continued on to Beer, the well where the Lord said to Moses, gather the people together and I will give them water. Then Israel sang this song, Spring up, O well, sing about it, about the well that the princes dug, that the nobles of the people sang, the nobles of scepters and staffs. So today I am sharing. Um, so I've been going through the Old Testament, and I've come to Numbers 21, and I saw this passage, and I was like, huh, I wonder how God actually provided water for the Israelites because there's like several occasions, right? So then I just went back and then I studied it and then I researched on it. So today we do a little bit of youth group style, okay? I'm using whiteboard. Um, so there were four occasions in the Bible that um, God actually provided water for the Israelites when they were in the desert. The first time was in, can you see? The first time was in Exodus 15, the, um, and it was three days after they came out of Egypt. So it was in desert of Shore, I think. <laughs> yeah, so it was three days, and this uh, is around 1446. Okay, so around there, and then they came out from Egypt three days. They didn't have water, and how did it happen? So they came to a water, a pool, is it a pool? Something like that. And then it's Mara, um, a place where the water is bitter. Mean bitter. So how? God asked Moses to, so basically the people cry out to God. Eh? No, they grumble to Moses. That's what the Bible said. And then Moses cry out to God. And then God says, throw a piece of wood into the bitter water to make it sweet. And Moses did it. So the tool is actually a piece of wood. Okay, 
So that's the first occasion where God provided water for the Israelites. The second one is a few months after this incident, the first incident. So this is in the desert of Sin. So they keep walking and then, yeah, running out of water again. And then how did God provide? It's from the rock. So he asked Moses to gather all the elders, go out with the people, so everyone was there, okay? So now we're talking about the number of Israelites here is 603-550. And this is only the male, okay? So we're looking around 3 million people coming out from Egypt, which is really incredible. And how God provide water for them, 3 million people, also pretty incredible. So from the rock, we don't know how big the rock was. Well, obviously, God asked Moses to gather everyone, bring the staff. Remember the staff that we used to part the Red Sea? Bring the staff, hit the rock, and then water will come out. So staff and people. Right? So what happened here was also quarrel. The Bible um, recorded people being very quarrelsome with, the Mo with Moses and complaining to him. Oh, we had meat in Egypt, but here we don't even have water. And then this happened, okay? So the next one, the third occasion was in Numbers 20. So this will be around, so in between, right? Very interestingly, it's already 38 years. So remember, they were in the desert for 40 years. So here, it's around 1,407 BC, okay? So now they are in a desert of Zin, says that. So um, the, the time is around, they've been wandering in the desert for 38 years. A lot of things happened, the golden calf, everything, blah, 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 all that happened, okay? So, again, they came to a place, there was no water. And they quarreled again with, with Moses, okay? So, oh, before this, Miriam died. So, actually, the remember how God was saying, like, the older generation, because of your grumbling and complaining, you're not able to enter into the promised land. Right? And Miriam died, it's like a, a very significant event because the older generation are all dying off right now. So it's replacing, within 38 years, God is replacing the new generation. Okay? So, very interestingly, at the end of here, the number of Israelites is, remember they have two times of census? The first time was when they left Egypt. The second time was before they entered the promised land. And then the number actually is around, the differences is around 1,000, the male. So God is faithful. How many people he brought up from Egypt? How many people he's bringing into the promised land? Like an interesting fact. So how did the water provision happen? Also from a rock. So at this point, Moses has been with this group of people for 38 years, almost 40 years. He endured all the complainings, all the crazy stuff, rebellions, 
golden, golden cap, all of those things. We're here, hello. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, God said, speak to the rock. So speak. Bring all the people also. Perform it in front of all the Israelites. But what actually happened was that Moses didn't do it. Moses twists it a little bit, and Moses struck the rock twice. And before he struck the rock, he actually lectured the Israelites. Like, must we provide for you? So he is not in a good place here. He, he has this bitterness towards the people already. And then, but then even with that, God provided enough water for everyone to drink. Okay? So yeah, we're doing a YouTube style. <laughs> Okay, then it comes to our passage, Numbers 21. This is the fourth occasion and the last one that God, um, that the Bible said, how the Israelites were provided with water. So now here they are in Mount Tabor. The time is around the same here. Actually, in between here, Aaron died. And then, um, and then there was a bronze snake too. Yeah, the bronze snake thing kind of happened in between too. So here we're looking at a brand new generation who is also complaining, who complain a lot. But just now um, in verse, if you can show the previous slide, it did say that when they complain, um, yeah, there's no water, and we detested it. And then God sent the snakes among them. And then when this happened, then the people came to Moses and said, we sinned and we spoke against the Lord and against you. So the difference is that they are quick to repent. So this generation is a generation that is going into the promised land, and they have this characteristic. They're, they're still complaining, say, but they're quick to repent compared to the older generation. So how did God provide for the water? So at this point, there's no rock, there's no tool. The people gather around. Next, next slide, thank you. The people gather around and they sang. They haven't seen water. There was a well that was dried up. And then they gather around and they just started to sing. And then the water came. So, uh, yeah, that's what they said. So I have like three points here. Um, first of all, when we see all this progression, right? I, I love the progression in the Bible because it tells us the characteristic of God and how he moves, you know? So as you can tell, like if you can picture it like a spiritual progression, when you first became Christian, oh, the first time when God led them, he also led them to healing. After this bitter water, it turns into sweet. Elim is a place with 12 streams and palm trees. So it's like abundance of water. So it's like when you first became Christians, like things are relatively easier. God provided a lot of things for you. Um, he can turn the bitterness into sweetness, and then he provided for you Elim and 12 palm trees. But as things 
flow. Water represents provision, right? It's a necessity, basic necessity. What you need, not what you want, what you need. And also, it could represent God's word, like in Psalm one, it talks about how the people who are holding on to God's word are like those who are in the mighty river, right? So river, water, Holy Spirit, they're all like kind of lumped together. Yeah. So um, water, it's like yes, provision. So um, as you move towards maturing in your Christian life, like Exodus. 17, you know, how this journey of the Israelites. Um, at first, you might get water from your leader. Your leader needs to go and strike the rock for you, and then the water flow for you, right? But it will progress to a time when you have this renewed spirit, like here, and you sink. Because you know the promise of God. So my three points, the first point is, there was always a promise. If you look at the progression here, whenever they're in desert, God always provided for them, always. No matter how, like Moses was rebellious, like a little bit disobedient, God provided also, right? And he provided through different methods. So don't look for God in just one place. Look for him in different places. You might be in a season that, you know, God is showing himself to you with different ways, right? Um, and the promise is also not to just let them taste water. Not just like, oh, just a little bit, it's okay. No, it's so that they will be satisfied in every occasion, you know, God makes sure that three million people have enough to drink. And that's, that's really crazy, if you think about it. I mean, I don't know about you, but I drink a lot of water every day. I drink a, around three liters every day, I try. Yeah, <laughs> very good for your kidneys. So, <laughs> um, so if I drink three liters, and then Joe might be like, four? With coffee, yeah, counting with coffee. Coffee. Coffee, yes. coffee, yes, counting <laughs> coffee. <laughs> so then if everyone, like imagine three million people, how, how many gallons of water will be there, right? Um, so God didn't promise to barely provide, but abundantly. It's a divine and suitable supply because that's what they need. However long they need, whatever hours they need, God is there to supply. And God supplies for everyone, every single one. Not just the rich one, not just the tall one, not just the strong one, not just the young one, but everyone, from baby to old, okay? And yeah, so I think this is the point where we should reflect on the promises of God. Do we really know the promises of God? There are thousands of promises in the Bible, you know? We might have known that, but it also might be clouded by the other thoughts in the world. For example, you guys know my testimony. Um, I share that on the pulpit. So um, when I was going through the healing journey, I mean, I'm still going through it now, um, but a lot of it has to do with the belief that I had from the past. 
let me give you an example. So one of them is that, like, I know people meant well. I'm not bashing anyone, okay? But um, um, there will be people telling me that, oh, God gave you this um, in order to make you better, a better person. And um, during my healing journey, I learned to go back to see what Jesus did in the New Testament. Jesus has never given a sickness to someone to make them better. He healed everyone that came to him. So that statement is not true. But a lot of time when we want to comfort someone who is in sickness or suffering, we say things that are not exactly true. You know, and that actually clouded our senses and we couldn't receive the promise of God. So how many of that lies have you believed in or untrue statement has been rooted in your, in your mind, in your heart, that has actually taken away your opportunity to see God's promises manifest in your life, right? The second thing that I want to talk about is the song. So here they sing, and then the, the water came, right? So um, in the Bible, they had not been singing for years. The last time they sang was when they came out from Egypt, when the parting of Red Sea, I remember Miriam and Aaron, they were all like singing, praising God. And after that, the hardship, the desert wore them down. They didn't sing for years. This is the time, the second time when they sing. Of course, they danced and they sang when they worshiped the golden calf. But that was not towards God, right? So they sang and then water came out. I thought that was another spiritual practice that God sort of showed me also during my healing journey. And I'm still learning right now too. Just because you don't see things happen, you don't see promises of God happening, doesn't mean that it doesn't have effect in your life. You call it out before you see it. When I was really, really desperate, I was devastated, I was depressed. I struggled with a lot of thoughts of death during that two years period of time. Um, I don't see any fruits. Every day is the same. I was stuck at my home in JB. Um, but I learned to call that hope out. I learned to say it. I learned to sing. I learned to use the worship songs as a mean of de declaration. There's power in your words and singing. And, and there are like things that happen that you don't know, right? Um, so, yeah, so um, this is a time when um, I think God is calling us to, you know, when I read about Numbers 21 and how they send the spies into the promised land and how um, God said, Caleb has a different spirit. And that really hit on me. Because Caleb is the one that has seen the giants, but him and Joshua had a different spirit. They see different things. They have a lens of God. So my question to you today, brothers and sisters, is that do you have a lens of God? Do you have a different spirit? Are you dwelling in the difficult situation and said, no, 
this is not going to happen. I will not be healed. I'm just going to be like this for the rest of my life. Or are you like Caleb and Joshua and you have a different spirit and you're willing to sing and call it out? First of all, you need to know the promises for God in your life. Tease out all the lies. And then second of all, willing to declare, even when you don't see it happening. The third one is they get to work. So it says that they, they, they were digging you know, with their staff. Might not be the best tool to dig a well, but they decided to dig and then the water came. And it says that the water sustained them for the rest of the journey until they entered into promised land. So, I hope this speaks to you today. Um, let's pray. <laughs> oh, Brian's gone. Okay, let's pray. <laughs> Lord, we thank you for today. Thank you for teaching us um, regarding the ways that you provide water for us. And all of us here, Lord, we have our basic necessity. And Lord, you know it all. You know what we need. You know just exactly when we need it, how much we need it. Mm. And Lord, I just want to, yeah, submit and surrender um, all these needs into your hands, Lord. Lord, we know that you're the God of provision. You never left the Israelites in the desert. You were always in front of them with the pillar of clouds and fire um, and Lord you are the same God then and now so Lord I just um, pray for all my brothers and sisters that we will start to reflect um, the difficult situation in our lives um, I pray that we will have this passion to know about your promises to tease out all the lies that are in our lives and have that courage to declare your word, your promises, and put it to action, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Jesus.